Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. The world of college sports has changed dramatically over the past two years with the implementation of NIL which is allowing athletes to use their name, image, and likeness for profit. You may have seen Caleb Williams on a Wendy's commercial or Shadur Sanders repping KFC. That's at the high end, but it's a whole new world out there for which comes great benefits to all athletes, but also puts them in a world where financial guidance is almost required. Today, we welcome Chase Johnson, the Wealth Director at Fiduciary Trust International, who is working with a number of athletes to sort through these issues. Welcome, Chase. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Great to be here. So managing money earned through NIL activities is a relatively new area for athletes and especially for financial advisors. Can you start by explaining what these activities entail and why it's become such a hot topic of discussion? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, NIL refers to name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes. These kinds of things can include endorsement deals or sponsorships, social media, or uh, appearances for these athletes. And so it's essentially trying to figure out a way to monetize their association with boarding programs and with universities. And so I think it's a great opportunity for college athletes. I'm excited for them. It's uh, a great step forward in terms of, you know, revenue producers. And so it's uh, really changed the game, to be honest. So I'm excited to be here to talk about it. How can wealth managers assist student athletes in effectively managing and tracking their NIL earnings to secure their financial future? It's a great question. I mean, if you take a step back in the 2022 to 2023 year, there was about 2,000 deals done in NIL. Uh, This was according to the college uh, businessofsports.com. And you know, that's a 146% year increase across 16 sports. And so you just think about that, like, you know, the the spotlight is really on for these deals. And I think last year, Yahoo Finance said there was like 917 million done in NIL deals. So, I mean, money's really starting to pour in for these athletes, especially in the football arena. But also, I mean, for the women's championship uh, last year, there was about 4.85 million viewers, right? So, I mean, that's, I think you're really starting to see eyeballs and and dollars flow into into the sports. And so to answer your question, though, I think it's all about setup and how you view. You know, Jay Z always said, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man, right? Like that's. I think that's so true because now these individuals are considered their own entities, and I think everyone should create. You know, all these athletes that have LLCs. And, you know, their tax status should definitely be treated as an S-corp so they could pass through their own income. And we can get in more about that. But I think just partnering with the right advisors and helping you think through various entities of what works for you and and setting up a plan for you and your family and individuals around, you know, is really important. And so, you know, happy to get into the specifics on that. But I think those facts kind of are important to, to note for this discussion. Yeah, you mentioned NIL is for everybody. 
Um, Caitlin Clark of Iowa just signed with State Farm. But those are the big deals. There's there's lots of smaller deals that people are getting with local car dealerships and jewelry companies. And all these for all these athletes have potential tax implications from the income, which they're not really prepared for or know much about. So can you explain some of what those are? The way the tax implication works for NIL is most of the tax will be considered self-employment taxes, uh, which is taxed at a, at a rate of 15.3%, anything over, I believe it's $400, which a lot of these athletes are probably going to be having a lot more than $400, um, given the numbers we talked about earlier. And so what that means is you basically have to keep track of what you're making, right? And, and tracking expenses. So if you have meetings and things, um, that are related to these deals, like you mentioned with the State Farm deal, finding applications to track these expenses for college athletes is so important because you can essentially deduct that against the income that, and I'm not a tax expert, we have a whole in, in-house tax group at Fiduciary Trust, but finding ways to keep track of those expenses is so important to deduct it against your income as as you set up these entities to pass their income to yourself and and others that might be that you set up on payroll. So I think those are just important factors to keep in mind that, yes, you are going to be considered a self-employed individual um, in the eyes of the IRS. And and so you, you have to set yourself up accordingly. So NIL income is fairly a new opportunity. What should student athletes and their advisors be most diligent about when it comes to managing their NIL earnings, considering the involving regulations and market dynamics? I think, again, I think it's just focusing on how to maximize your, so I think like, let's take this idea of an LLC, right? And you set that up and you have, and you would, you, you should do an S corp given that the S corp is there to set up basically more dollars to the individual or the self-employed person rather than a C corp, which essentially tries to protect the profits of the business. So you set up the S corp and then basically you pass through income to yourself through the LLC. And this is just a very easy structure for um, you to keep track of NIL uh, income. And then, you know, if you have individuals like your parents or your family that, you know, are being helpful to you as you as you generate this NIL income, putting them on payroll associated with, you know, some of these things is is a possibility. And it's a good way to, you know, for example, preserve your, if you're giving money to individuals or family members, you know, save that $17,000 a year that you can give in the, you know, as of 2023, you can give $17,000 a year to any individual. And so save that for, you know, your, your kids and, and put your, you know, whoever on payroll from the entity that you create for this NIL income. So I think those the kinds of things are important. And then longer term, just focusing on, you know, what are your objectives? What are your goals? A lot of these athletes, I mean, that I've been in conversation with are interested in the kind of the cocktail uh, venture deals, which which are great. But keeping in mind that if you're really trying to grow and preserve your portfolio over time, 60 to 80% of your portfolio should be in relatively safe and capital preservation type investments. So that's, I think that's really where the focus is and just identifying um, the proper financial plan and tax planning um, to achieve those goals are super important. 
as we know, athletic careers can last a, a little bit of time and they can last a long bit of time. So how are you counseling your athletes to best track and manage their NIL income over time? Well, I, I think it goes back to starting with these entities um, that you create and having the right people around you that can, you know, I mean, being a student athlete, I mean, go back to the college days. I mean, it, you know, class is a full-time job and and then you have, I mean, these these athletes, I mean, essentially are, even though they're college athletes, they're treated like pros. And so that's a full-time job too. So I think having the right people around you at an early age is critical for these athletes. Actually, I was just talking with, you know, someone at your alma mater and, you know, there, there's been some deals where these guys are 18 years old and, and sign things and they regret it and have to go back and undo them. And, you know, so I think just having a really someone that you trust that can read the fine print for you while you're not, while you're on the field and executing what you need to do to get to that next level is critical. I mean, it sounds basic, but it really is true. So I think having that strong team in place and people that you trust is is really important. I would just be curious as you think about, and these programs, you saw Caleb Williams saying he wants a piece of a professional team as part of his deal for <laughs> after he goes pro and that he actually is going to make more money now, as opposed to being a rookie in the NFL, I mean, that's really interesting. You know, like, think about that for a sec. I mean, historically, there's a lot of rush for these athletes to get to the pros, but this dynamic has actually opened up a huge opportunity for athletes to stay longer in the league of collegiate sports. And so you just kind of think about that of like, well, I mean, I would ask you, Doug, like, I mean, what do you think about Caleb saying, hey, I, I want a piece of a of a franchise as part of my deal. I mean, I, I think that's fascinating. And you see Kevin Durant with, you know, him creating a uh, his uh, conference down in LA with CNBC and kind of the Wall Street meets sports. And I attended last year. And I mean, these athletes are continuing to be entities themselves and cross over with business and corporations. And and so it's it's a really fascinating time of consolidation, but also just elevating athletes to a new level. So I'm, I'm curious what your take is on that. Well, I think Caleb and Shadur and Caitlin Clark and JJ McCarthy are all at the high end of earnings for these things, earning, you know, seven figures. I think it's a huge opportunity for athletes who aren't earning as much that are in the NIL game to become financially literate at an early age and get education from not only advisors, but tax professionals and whatnot about building their financial security over their lives. And I think it's up to advisors to um, reach out to some of these universities to see if they can be of assistance. And I know that um, at Michigan, they have Morgan Stanley involved. So as an advisor yourself, do you think that's a good game plan? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a competitive space, I'd say, for advisors in the world of college athletes a lot of these athletes trust their their best friends their agents their family members and so at the end of the day as an advisor you're there to help trying to help negotiate and work with those individuals is is really important and you mentioned education i think that that's such an important piece of this whole puzzle right of trying to identify what the right 
way to educate athletes on financial literacy. I mean, because it's a it's a big learning curve. There's some handholding that you do in terms of education and but also letting individuals giving them, you know, the opportunity to learn on their own, I think is really important. You have to meet kind of athletes with the ambition, like those that are ambitious to learn outside, you know, that are willing to take an internship in finance. And, and you know, I think those are the the individuals that you'll find as they go into the pros that continue to innovate and find ways to take their platform and bring it to the next level. Um, so I think it's identifying that ambition at an early early stage and then trying to partner with that ambition off the field to really excel individuals. I mean, that's that's where a huge opportunity. And then, you know, sharing that with teammates and helping encourage other people on the team to learn, I think is important. So I, I'd be curious about your take on that, though. Yeah, I also think that it's um, an opportunity for advisors to educate athletes and their families about the fiduciary standard that they have to live up to and they have to act in the best interest of their athletes, whereas the agents who are getting involved with these families don't have to do that and are taking 10 to 30% of the income, which is just highway robbery. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's right. And I've seen a lot of the individuals around athletes that have these, I mean, ridiculously high fees that's not really aligned with the athletes themselves, right? Like, But the thing is, there's already embedded trust there. So you want to make a difference. And so I, I think it's just kind of preaching these principles that we've talked about. And over time, you know, I, I hope whether, you know, it's fiduciary trust or other firms that they're just doing right by athletes, because that's so crucial. I think at this point in time, especially, I mean, think about the individuals that didn't get access to NIL money that are kind of sitting there like, you know, that graduated five, six years ago. And they're saying, man, like I, I left you know, a lot of money on the table, you know, there, there might be lawsuits coming for that. And just, I don't know, it's a really interesting transition in time. And I'm curious how the NCAA is going to continue to partner and excel. I mean, obviously they partner with athletes, but how they help them excel, but also manage their own interests. It's a careful balance. So, you know, I think that's something to watch out for. I think so too. Um, Reggie Bush is suing to get his Heisman back. We know that. Right. And as much as I don't like the saying, it it's really the Wild West out there. And nobody knows what the regulations are, what they can and can't do. And it's going to be an interesting next few years in following this. So, Chase, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Doug, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the time and hope to stay in touch and talk more about uh, the, the evolution of this industry in the near future. Yeah, let's check back in. To learn more about Fiduciary Trust International, please visit fiduciarytrust.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julius Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikkinen. <laughs>